Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program is someone I think a lot of you know, but certainly if you are a loyal listener to the program, the name is familiar. Uh, welcome back to the program, Sangram Vajre. Sangram and I have uh, done several podcasts together. And when I say several, not only on Demand Gen Radio, uh, this is Sangram. This is our this is our fourth together. We did uh, we did episode twenty two back when the podcast was getting off the ground which was Mo Money, Mo Problems. I don't know if that was the best title of the episode uh, at that time, but it was about when uh, you guys, Terminus, had raised uh, a little over $10 million. Then you and I did another one, which was about the acquisition of Bright Funnel, episode 37. And then we did episode 71, which was how and why to write your first book, as you and I had both written books, and we were talking about that. But here we are back again, and guess what, everybody? Sangram has written and published another book, and it's a book about ABM. No surprise there if you know Sangram, and that's why I wanted to have you back. How are you, my friend? David, it's always fun to connect with you, and not just those three, your, your, your four episodes. You actually ran a full series of um, episodes on the Flip Mafia podcast, uh, which was one of our top uh, series that we ran this year. I love so it. thank you for doing that. And it, uh, it has been incredible. Hopefully we can do that again uh, thank, next year. Thank you for having me. I, I felt like, uh, whether it was Johnny Carson or Jimmy Fallon, like I felt like, okay, you were the late night host and you took a little sabbatical uh, of sorts and said, hey, does anybody want to be a guest? Or Dave, do you want to be a guest host? And I said, yeah, I would love to be a guest host. And you let me um, interview three for rather CMOs and do some CMO insights. And it's great to hear that those podcasts uh, did well. And you even feature those in your in your book. Those are great interviews. So for anybody listening who doesn't uh, listen to the Flip My Funnel podcast that Sangram hosts, uh, check that one out, add that out to your subscription list. Good, good set of, uh, I mean, you've done oh, well over 400 episodes. I've done, I'm approaching, I think like 150 because I do mine weekly and you do yours daily, which is impressive, <laughs> my friend. Well, I mean, as you know, um, like as much as I would like to say, yeah, I do it daily, but I am myself, I'm not doing it daily. We just like you hosted the whole series that helped me, you know, not do four of them. Um, and then we, we just did so many conferences and we had these audio recordings from it. Um, and believe it or not, I mean, people really love that because it's literally, I don't even have to do an intro. It's like here, you know, every Thursday, an audio recording from a conference that we hosted uh, plays and they're from amazing people uh, and completely different insights. So it, it really is really, I, even I don't know what they're going to say because I'm just listening to it as everybody else is. So you get to listen to your own podcast and, and hear yeah. the content. Oh, that's very cool. Well, thank you for, for coming back. We wanted to share with all of you some some updates in terms of, of ABM. Uh, Sangram's recent book that just uh, came out is all about ABM. In fact, it is uh, B2B is ABM is the title of the book. Uh, it's available on Amazon. And I like to say, Sangram, you're approaching the New York Times best giver list because you've been giving out a lot of copies at the workshops that you've been doing all around the country. And uh, I was able to attend one of those workshops. Um, Demand Gen and myself, we've been teaching some of our own ABM workshops. So Sangram and I like to compare notes. And I love, Sangram, what you did with the book in terms of outlining 
the team framework, which I'd like to talk about today. And then I'd like to talk about some of the success stories that you share at those workshops because you've got about four of them that I think are really good. And I know that a lot of people out there would like to know the nuts and bolts of, of how to approach ABM and get that off the ground in their company, or if they are, to take it to the next level. So how does that sound with you, sir? I love it. Love it. I mean, I think, and, the, and it's really interesting, the last time we did about writing a book, and here we are kind of talking about, all right, ABM is B2B is out um, on Amazon, and it has nothing but a lot of fun. So let's dive into it. You you said ABM is B2B, and I actually said B2B is ABM, didn't I? Yes. And so, I'm like, all right, it's let, the same let, way. It's, it, it, you know, it's almost like, uh, it's like a reflipper call. You know? it, it doesn't matter which way you look at it. The message is the same. Let's start there, actually. Why did you go with the book title ABM is B2B as opposed to B2B is ABM? Any thought there? Well, first of all, uh, my publisher didn't like it because he's like, wait a minute, you are going to have a book title that has two acronyms and one like is like that's like this has never happened before. I'm like, exactly. This is not for everybody. This is not for New York Times bestseller. It is for like probably 3000 companies that are doing this right now and they need this. And we're going to just try to, as you said, give it away. We have like, you know, every single proceeds for all, uh, even reviews for the book to profits on the book as people are buying it online. They all go to this charity. We're not trying to make money here. We just want to get this message of the team framework and the way we think about account based to to a point where people look at this two years from now and literally ask the question, what is ABM? That's that's crazy. It's just better marketing and sales. So the thought behind the title was since I wrote the very first book by uh, called account based marketing, and that was by the Wiley brand um, in the dummy series. I wanted to make sure that I cleaned my record on that and saying that, hey, look, ABM, yes, I wrote the very first book. This, it is what it is. And I thought at that time it was just a better mousetrap. And over the three years, as we can dive into these stories that we're about to go into, um, I, what was very clear to me is that this is just a better growth, better go-to-market strategy. And and two years from now, three years from now, we all will be just going around and saying, yeah, that's just better marketing and sales. What? You're not going after the right people at the right time with the right message. Like, why are you even in B2B, right? So, so I feel like the title came as part of this discovery process that we went through the podcast, um, you know, with 400 episodes and lots and lots of people just having conversation, including you, because you were one of the very few people who reviewed um, the, the Triumph manuscript. The title was the last thing we wanted to put on there. And it became apparent that this is not about account based. It is about how B2B companies need to operate. Love it. Well, congrats on writing your second book. I think you know, I, I started my second book and it is on pause. I got a third of the way done and then I just stopped. And I, I have read some of the chapters to some folks on my team and to some others. And they're like, you've got to finish that book. But you know what? I really enjoy doing the podcast and I really enjoy, as you know, public speaking. And I just enjoy the face-to-face -face engagement. There's something about publishing content and, you know, having a conversation like this, whereas, you know, writing a book, it's, it's a pretty private experience. And then you, you put it out there in the world. And yes, there are people who reach out and say, thanks, great book or what have you. But I, I love these intimate conversations. So I've been focused more on the podcast and other forms of content these days. But one day, one day I will <laughs> resurrect it. And, and uh, it's a fictional story. So it's, a, it's called Agents of Change. And it's about 
the transformation of digital transformation and companies that have gone through that. And I write it as a fictional story, but it's really a, a tapestry of two true stories woven into some fictional uh, characters. So it's, it's, it's been a fun project to work on, but it's on pause for now. Let's talk about your book though. Um, you, one of the things that you really highlight in the book that I mentioned, uh, and I want to dig into is the team framework. And I can certainly talk to it because you and I both talked to it, but let's have you talk about kind of where that framework came from. If you could just map it out for the folks listening, where it came from and let's, let's go through it because it is such a great, I love frameworks because it gives you a structure to applying methodologies and, and technologies and such. So take us through where to come from and, and let's go through it. Yeah, uh, it, the team framework, as it sounds, I almost loved it the first time when we were brainstorming as a team. Um, again, the word team uh, came up because it implies the very necessity that we all have in order to grow a company, which is that we all need to work as a team. Every leader knows that. Every leader wants that. And and it, it couldn't be much more, uh, there couldn't be a better word to represent that is like, hey, we are one team. As a matter of fact, as you probably know, uh, one team is one of our core values at Terminus. So yeah. that just team has always been part of our conversations and we called ourselves marketing and sales. We're one team. And then when we started looking at, like, remember the Flip My Funnel movement and the whole stages of it was identify, expand, engage, advocate. We're like, you know what? These are philosophically amazing stages, right? Advocacy and, you know, all these things. This is is great. But how can somebody take this and make turn this into, as you said, an applicable framework in their organization? And through just just brainstorming, it was very apparent that, hey, well, the very first thing, what do we want people to think and do? Target the people. Okay, so the, let's uh, let's say identify our targets. We just came up with those words, and target became a really good word for that. There was a second step they want want to do. Well, if you look at the team word, like T E A M, E being engagement. Okay, so now we want to find the right people, target them, ease for engaging those people on their terms, whatever that means. And then A, which is which was the part that we missed in the flip platform philosophy, was this idea of activating the sales team. No organization that I have seen, David, and I'm I'm pretty sure you, you know, I'm, I'm curious to get your your thoughts on it, but I'm I'm assuming you probably have seen the same thing. Is that no organization has been successful without having sales and marketing work together and really marketing activating the sales team to take action at the right time with content and engagement, not like hey, here are the blogs we're doing. No, no, exactly telling them what to do. And then finally, the last one is M, which is measurement, right? So it's an iterative process. So target, engage, activate, measure just became a better way of framing the conversation. And what's really interesting of all of it is that I have seen this team framework in board decks now where people are actually using the team framework and saying, talking to their CFO and the board and the CEO and saying, you know what? Here are the tools we are using for targeting. Here are the tools we are using for engagement. We have gaps here in the activation section. And here are the tools we're using for measurement. So now you can actually go to your board and the CFO or CFO who typically normally in their minds, they're always talking like, I don't know what marketing does with this 50 tools. You can use literally this framework. You're believing in, in ABM or not, you can actually have a very intelligent conversation with them on your strategy and why certain technology is needed or where the gaps are. I love it. Um, for everybody listening, when Sanger and I talked about the team framework, which as he said, is targeting, 
and engagement and activation and measurement. The one area where we, in the workshops that, that DemandGen teaches and I teach, the one slight difference is that in the A of activation at Sangram Outlines, it's a lot of focus on sales enablement. And we took a little broader perspective. We took a little liberty um, it's kind of like everybody has their special spaghetti sauce recipe, right? So we just tweaked the recipe a little bit and made activation a little broader than sales enablement and included activation of technology and activation of um, more processes than just sales enablement. Sales enablement is absolutely critical in account-based marketing, but we, you know, because there's so many tools and uh, very uh, methods and programs that you need to activate, we found with our clients it was... Um, ideal for us to say, okay, in this activation stage, the part of the framework, you need to incorporate activation across these areas and across these teams, one of which is, is also customer service, because one of the messages that we bring, Sangram, as you know, is that, hey, let's not think of account-based marketing just for net new. Uh, the demand funnel, as, as, as we've coined years ago at DemandGen, uh, we like to say is an hourglass. There's the upper part of the demand funnel and the lower part, and most of your revenue, if you're like most companies, about 65% of your revenue comes from your install base every year and ABM yeah, uh, in your install base is a great great approach so that is a team framework I think it's chapter three of the book if I if I remember but it was early on in the book and what I like about the book Sangram I mean it's very much your conversation style uh, as you get to know Sangram or listen to him on the podcast the book reads as he speaks and it's very conversational and, and it's an easy read you don't have to read the whole book you can jump into specific chapters there's a great resource uh, area in the back where he points to a lot of other content both podcasts and online content for it. So if you're looking for a new resource to help you on your ABM journey, uh, grab a hard copy if you want. I don't know, Sangram, is, is there a digital copy or chapters available online as well? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, the, the, the Kindle version is available. So the electronic version is available. And I'm working on the, I'm having somebody do the audio version of it, uh, which should be available hopefully by January 1st. Do you, do you need a voiceover for the audio? Because I'll do it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, it good. takes a lot of time. I was I was going to try to do it because, you know, as you said, it's, it is literally it as does. I speak. I'm not, I didn't try to auto like correct. It's just like, it's not even, a lot of it is not even grammatically correct. I'll let people know firsthand because it is how we talk in our normal conversation. So I wanted to make sure that that rawness stays. So I really wanted to do it myself, but I looked at the amount of time and the work it takes. I'm like, all right, this uh, this is going to be hard. I'm trying to take take a couple of weeks off. So um, all that to say is that I found somebody who's going to do it really, really well, and it's going to have some wittiness in a, as he uh, talks through it. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, I want to do a lightning round of questions for you. I want to go through these success stories, but I want to throw to one of the ABM experts out there in the world so a few questions to you. And let's start off with number one, which is... Um, if you're doing ABM, are you still practicing classic demand generation? I mean, wide net marketing. What's your take on, is it binary, one or the other, or is it a combination of both? Uh, unfortunately, the answer to that is going to be depends. Um, and I say that because initially I was very binary. I was like, you got to do ABM. You're a B2B company. I don't understand why you wouldn't do ABM. But then as the time progressed and I matured and learned, um, I feel like I realized there are companies who have a tremendously amazing inbound channel and they get a ton of 
folks and their transactional um, sales that are happening there for SMB market in many cases and the enterprise companies, they can do a full blown ABM program because those are bigger uh, deals, they're longer sales cycle, there are more people involved in the decision making process. It makes sense, you're, you're doing ABM if you or account based something, even if you like it or call it or not, doesn't really matter, you, your sales team is already doing that. But there are companies that I discovered in this process that had a really, really good demand gen channel for their small products to just get people in and then expand from there. So if you have a business model that had, does that, I think you probably need to do both. Now, if your business model is where, look, our deals are 100,000 plus more, um, longer sales cycles and all that stuff, and, and they can go up to a million or more, then I don't know if you, how could you not do ABM because that is really how it would sell. That's how it has worked forever. So to me, this is just marketing, learning, and pulling, getting some muscles around how do you help their sales team win more, win better, and go deeper in those uh, organizations. So I, I think it really depends on the size of the deals that you're having. If it's small, you probably can do both. If it is big, then ABM is probably the way you're going after them anyway. I would concur 100%. So um, just to recap what you said, because I did a podcast recently with Joe Payone uh, from Splunk. He is responsible for demand generation there. And he, uh, we talked about the webinars that he does. He gets, you know, one to 2,000 people on these webinars. And they do do, they do do more targeted email campaigns. They used to actually email everyone in the database, but they, they email about 120th of what they used to send and get these thousands of people on these webinars. And to your point, they have different market segments. And the only way for them to reach such a large uh, potential market in these different areas is by doing broad demand gen stuff. But of course, um, when you want to reach very targeted accounts, if that's part of your mix, uh, then you need to practice ABM. Great, great answer. I agree 100%. Don't know if we'll agree on everything. Let's see. Next question for the expert. Um, of the team framework, target, engage, activation, and measure, which, if you think, um, is the most difficult part of the framework from a implementation perspective what are you what are you seeing out there Ooh, ah two double-sided question like I, I think we should have like ding 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 and like all kinds of noises going on right now because it's really really fun uh, i i believe that the first letter target like t for target is probably the hardest of all um and unfortunately the more i've gone out and spoken at events and active and asked question openly like all right raise your hand and this is a room full of you know cmos and CROs sitting at 30 people 800 it doesn't really matter i would literally say raise your hand if you know exactly the number of companies that you can sell or serve this year this quarter and if you do that if you do whatever it takes you know exactly how many companies you can go after that your product serves today that you can close today that you can sell today 99% of the time, like nobody would raise their hand. And I, I've done in small rooms, big rooms. So it's not because people are shy. It's just that they have no idea. They, they feel like everybody, yeah, well, no, oh, you know, we kind of do SMB or we kind of do manufacturing vertical is good for us. Oh, no, we actually can go after that, that, that industry or vertical. No, the answer of all of this is no. You, if you are truly trying to have, find success with account-based strategies, you have to become surgical. You have to really, really make the call of like, here are the 100 accounts that we're going to go after because we have case studies to support that. We have use cases to support that. We have data to support that we can serve them the best. 
because otherwise you don't want to take a chance on on this amount of effort and energy and time and resources you and your sales teams are are going to put in there um, for any account that's out in the marketplace. It's the account that you care about. So I would say it's the T uh, to begin with. 100 marketers are surveyed, including Sangram, the thought leader in B2B, and they asked the question, what is the hardest part of the team framework? Survey says, team, let's see it on the board. <laughs> All right, see, it's now in post. Hopefully that came through, that that, that we got a little family feud there and the, and the ding, 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 just like you wanted. <laughs> I agree with you again, 100% from a practitioner perspective. So we've worked with uh, countless clients on their ABM strategy, primarily over the last two to three years, and that is the part that they struggle. I also want to come back to, it's why in activation, we don't consider just sales enablement really part of the activation piece of the framework because there's a lot of really great technology now that can take a, a less educated guesswork approach, meaning that uh, there are tools and technologies that we help our clients with where you can plug it into your CRM, connect it to your close one opportunities, or upload a list of those accounts and use technology to find lookalike accounts. Um, without that approach, it's really sitting down with, with sales, right? And you could have this, who's the ICP, and a big discussion around what are the tall, dark, and handsome criteria of your target account. And that's why I call it educated guesswork, because you're you're doing subjective surveys of sales leaders and sales reps on who you want to go after. And I've seen companies go, well, we want the Fortune 100. It's like, okay, well, maybe not every one of those companies is really, really relevant for you. So now that we look, if Netflix can tell us that there's a 98% probability that we're going to like a new show, by the way, I'm watching Jack Ryan, so plug for the <laughs> Amazon Prime, not Netflix, but great, great, uh, great content there. But I, it, it knew I was going to like it because of what I watch. And so if we can take technology these days and say, show us 100, 200, 1,000 accounts that we've closed and find connecting points between them so that we can produce a list of companies to go after. Um, it moves from educated guesswork to more of a science, and we're going to continue to see more and more tools. I mean, there's point solutions for that, but we're going to start to see those tools and technologies be really integrated into our core marketing uh, platforms. Are you ready for your next question, sir, or any comments on that? Let's do it. You ready for the next one? Let's do it. All right, we'll do it again. 100 marketers were surveyed, including Sangram. All right, so you, you trump all answers. In terms of account-based marketing, what time frame is a realistic time frame for a company that's starting on this journey to have maybe their first program in market? Ooh, um, I mean, you could, you could have it in a week. Um, to to actually put a program together, and it really it will start with them. And I've, I've advocated for this specific um, strategy uh, as the starting. If if everybody's like trying to say, all right, where do I start? What what is the first thing I should do? Where do I what, what's the low hanging fruit? Um, I would say to that that whole area is that start with pipeline velocity. Um, the deals that are in pipeline, they have already raised their hand. They are going to buy from you. Are they going to buy from your competitor? There's a timeline. You probably have win rates. You have baseline. You have pricing. You probably have support. They know your brand. So you are in the mix. At that time, if marketing is not giving all and any air cover that you need 
to drive business, then I don't know what, what marketing is doing, what their job is, they should be fired. So pipeline velocity is really where you start. And those kind of campaigns, they can launch in like less than a week. You start figuring out, looking at, all right, let's look at these 100 deals that we have in the pipeline. Oh, 50 of them are in Boston. Great, let's just do a dinner in Boston. Oh, they're in a different industry. Uh, let's say financial services. Let's create an ebook, which we already have a generic ebook, and turn that ebook into a financial services ebook with a lot more detail about that industry and do something, or maybe a webinar. Marketing can start literally applying the same menu of options they have for all generic things they do and make it customized for the deals in the pipeline. And I think there is no better place to start than pipeline. All right, let's take it to the Family Feud Board. Show us a survey. Sangram says one week. Did anybody say that? I think that's an aggressive schedule. I would, especially for large companies, what I see, uh, Sangram, just, you know, can you be in market or can you be in flight with a targeted campaign in a week? Sure, you could. But a lot of the companies that we work with, right, there's a lot of people involved and a lot of discussions that happen. So I think take what Sangram is saying, because, again, he sees a lot of companies um, doing this is be agile and and don't maybe overthink things because there is so much value in getting started and learning from what works and what doesn't work. We have an event coming up that we're doing right now with Adobe and we have invited a select set of accounts to a 49er game. It's a Monday night football game. So there's a very high touch, you know, very senior, very targeted uh, event that we're doing that. So to your point, you, you could you could go buy those tickets and immediately outreach to people and invite them to it. That doesn't take a long time. But if you want to orchestrate that into a, a whole program and uh, make it part of something maybe larger, a little bit longer. I want to pivot to the success stories. Um, go reach into your grab bag of, of success stories and pluck one out and tell us um, someone who's been on the journey and, and what it looked like for them because everybody likes to hear recipes of success. Which one, which one you want to share? All right. Well, let's start with the one that is the one that I get the most eye rolls on, Ooh. and uh, people people are like, yeah, that just can't be true. So it's a story of um, Thomson Reuters, um, not a small company, a pretty big company. And for all the naysayers in the world that says, well, it's too big, too complex, too challenging, uh, complete transformation, we can't do it. Well, if Thomson Reuters can do it, you just buckle up and, and you know, follow follow through, right? So it's a Thomson Reuters story, and it's about they doing expansion because they obviously are a very well-known brand, but the customers of that company didn't know their other products and services they, they sold. So Jillian Gartner, who has been on the podcast, um, and that's where I discovered her story, actually. I was just interviewing just like you are, uh, Dave, and, and she just shared me that story and I was like shut up and she's like no like, I'm like hey uh, but it was fascinating she shared this story where they identified about 250 accounts like not not a thousand not a million it's 250 accounts from their whole base where they knew and that's the keyword of targeting right they knew that they have a specific product that they can sell them to so not all products very specific product that they can observe them to is, is how I would put it as opposed to upsell. And I mean, their win rate, I mean, I think you know the, do you know the answer to that question? Their win rate? No, yeah. I do not know the answer to that question. Right. Although Thomson Reuters is a client of ours and we worked uh, with the folks there, I do not know the answer to that. So what is the answer? I mean, the win rate, and this is where like maybe another ding, 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 uh, or like drum roll happens, but this, the win rate is 95%. Wow. 
And, and you know, that, that for the first, like, I'm like, that's why I said, shut up. There's no way you're getting that. She's like, right. no, that's exactly what I got it. And, and that, I mean, I literally, and it's in the book, right? I explained all of this. I even had the legal team approve it because I didn't want the book to be pulled back if, you know, the legal team of such a giant company says something about it. Uh, and I even had her come with me at the last event. I'm like, people still don't believe me, even though it's like proved and signed off. You need to come and tell your story yourself. And we had Jillian come and speak. Uh, at the Flip Buffalo Conference, but that is a story that points to not like, all right, you need to go in your company and say, we're going to have 95% win rate, but it points to the fact that when you are surgical, when you know what your target accounts are, when you know how and with what you want to engage, when you have your sales team's full buy-in on like, all right, this is all we're going to do and we're going to figure out if we can do this or not this quarter, that's what we're going to do. And when you do that, I think that's when creativity comes up. That's when people do things that are different than just typical newsletters and webinars and whatnot. You do things that are fundamentally different. And that's the, a lot of the strategies they had beyond uh, display advertising, beyond direct mail, beyond events. They just really made sure that even their messaging to these, these companies was on point to the exact service that they knew from their customer success conversation of like, what are the pain points? Let me create messaging for that. You can't do that if you go after 10,000 companies. Well, but you want to share another one? I think we got time for one more. One more? All right. So another one is, um, I, I, I'll use this one. This is kind of the spooky uh, spooky one uh, since we're just done with Halloween. Just and all done that stuff. with Halloween. A little spooky music. Can we get that? Yeah, I'll just put the, some spooky music there. Um, but this is this is probably the 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 part that I think most people don't think about enough, which is what are the metrics? And they talk. We were still looking at the same metrics and expecting different results. That's we all know that that's the definition of insanity. But we still do that every day. All right, how are we going to measure success from ABM? How many leads we get? Well. No, that's mm -hmm. not. Like, so, so we have the same metrics that we continue to go after. So in Pramada's case, and their story is also in the book, they have been doing ABM for two years. So all these stories are companies, this is to your point, maybe the earlier work, it takes a little bit of time it's, it, to do it all and see the results. But to start, it may not take that much, but to, to really see success in programs implemented, it will take some time for you. For two years they've been doing and what they saw consistently and after two years almost to a point when they had a 70% drop um, in their website traffic. Now, if you and I are on the CEO and, and didn't know anything about marketing and, and even if you know about marketing, I would say, man, marketers, they don't know what they're doing because we are having a significant drop in our traffic to the website over a period of time, but their revenue and pipeline numbers were going up. So when they dug in, what they found out was because their target accounts is very specific, they literally had 80 to 90 accounts that they really focused on because mm -hmm. their deals are million dollar deals and they have 100% retention rate. So they don't have any churn issues. Their business is just, uh, once you get in, once they become a customer, when somebody becomes a customer of their company, they just just keep growing, right? Like just, just like your Comcast bill or AT&T or whatever you are. They just keep growing, it's a cash cow for them after that. So they, so they didn't go 10,000 companies, they had just 80 or 90 companies. And what they did when they applied account-based principles using their team framework and all, they were just getting traffic from those companies, that 70 or 80. So of course the traffic was dropped. As a matter of fact, they went from 22 different technologies that they had in their organization to six. 
and their cost of acquisition thereby dropped by about 60%. So no no wonder Jeremy over there got promoted and, and they have just had tremendous success. But the traffic, the metric that I held to the highest level in my previous jobs um, of like, well, look, traffic is up and to the right. It may no longer work. The same metrics are not going to work. You have to think about business outcomes as the real metric. Love it. You you just mentioned something about getting promoted, and um, you and I both know Daniel Day over. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm going to say over at Scale AI. And so one of the things yes. I want to say as we wrap up this podcast for the folks listening is, you know, ABM may be new for a lot of you, and, and just as lead management was, just as marketing automation and other. Um, changes in technologies and methods that have come about since uh, you know the digital age and, and we're still going through massive digital transformation. Um, there's a personal benefit to you guys learning this stuff and you're really getting fluent and experience in ABM and that's of the personal level. I mean, I mentioned Daniel because Daniel's now the vice president of marketing uh, at Scale AI. And, and prior to that, he was at Snowflake and led their ABM initiative there and had great success with it, really tremendous success at Snowflake. And prior to that, he was an ABM manager at Aptis and before that, marketing manager at Netline. So he's really kind of every year or so um, stepped into higher roles with the knowledge and expertise that he's advancing himself, just really being invested and driven in learning these things. So whether you know, look, you're not going to go down the ABM journey unless it's right for your organization. But what I would encourage you is, you know, ABM is here to stay. And if you are looking to further your skills and further your knowledge of, of go to market and 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 growth, um, grab a copy of, of Sangram's book, read everything you can on the subject, follow things uh, online, and um, maybe practice this uh, within your organization if it makes sense for your business. And if you're looking for a Sherpa or guide, you certainly got someone like Sangram, uh, easy to find on link- LinkedIn, and, and myself and our organization to help you on your journey. I always think it's great to get a Sherpa or a coach, someone that can get you on the right path. So there's some great um, written uh, information out there, certainly from both of us. Uh, but if you want to talk with us more about it, uh, reach out to Sangram, Sangram Vajre uh, from Terminus, and uh, grab a copy of his book, as I said. Sangram, what advice do you have at, at a personal level for people that maybe either are embarking on the journey or or haven't started yet? What, what would you say? Man, that story of Daniel is really interesting because, um, you know, real quick, he he we started at the at Terminus something um, I called a customer in the office program. So every six to eight weeks, we'll bring a customer in flesh in the office, do all hands and all that kind of stuff. And he was the first one I brought in, um, and he said that you changed you guys changed my life and i'm like come on now we, we we're like we're just product we're not changing in real life he's like no no you don't understand you told you being not me as a person but this whole idea the notion of being account-based has changed his life and changed his career because he is so confident about what he does in his organization and so confident that what he does drives it revenue that he can walk into any organization and any conversation and be very clear about what his goals are and they're no different, no different than sales and know how to help deliver on those goals using account-based strategies. So I love that you brought his uh, shared his story and his growth because that part of like, this is not something um, like, oh, this is another job. This is actually, in many cases, might be the best career defining thing you might do in your organization. Yeah. 
Well said. Well, Sangram, thank you for joining me back on the program for the fourth time. I think that puts us on par. Then four episodes uh, on Flip My Funnel. You've done four episodes on on Demand Gen. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be back, back together. I know that you guys have some exciting news coming up. I won't share it. Uh, but uh, hopefully, maybe by the time people have listened to this podcast, there's some news out there about uh, some things that are happening in your organization. So I'll just leave that as a little teaser, or it's old news, depending on when you listen to this, <laughs> this episode. But thanks for joining me again. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and a great holiday season. I look forward to seeing you back on the road again uh, and doing more collaboration in, in 2020. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for doing this. And thanks, everybody, for listening. You bet. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Thank you for always tuning in. And if you have a moment, it would be great if you could just go into iTunes and click a rating, whatever star you want to give, whatever comment you want to give. If you want to take the time, it really helps amplify the program and bring more visibility and then more listeners to the program. So uh, I love doing the program and I hope you love listening to it. And if you can help spread the word, that would be great. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. been listening to demand gen radio bringing you the top industry experts thought leaders authors marketing technology firms and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high performance marketing